Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Limitless with Nadia. Today we have episode 20 for you guys, and we have a very, very special guest, Miss Courtney Croucher, who is a competence coach. Thank you for joining us today, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You and me both. We have a lot to cover today, and I'm so excited to really go deep with this conversation. But I want to ask you, just so everyone listening kind of has an idea of who you are and what you do, what do you do as a competence coach? How did you get into this stuff? And yeah, just tell us about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been a self-development junkie for many, many years since I was like a kid. And basically how I kind of got into this line of work was as a kid, I was always questioning, like, why with everything to my parents' detriment? Um, you know, why do we have to go to college to be successful? Why do we have to eat our broccoli? You know, the whys, yeah. the whys, the whys. And so kind of going through all of the self-development work, I was like 11, like reading Tony Robbins and just obsessed with this kind of um, – it started out with, I think, fitness was kind of the gateway and then really figuring out um, how people become successful, which led into a lot of mindset and self-concept work and mixed in with that woo-woo manifesting. You know, my mom taught me about the secret when I was a lot younger. So all of these things started to bridge different gaps around where I was at in my personal life and having experienced bullying and not feeling good about my body and dealing with my own insecurities, I basically got launched into becoming like a confident person through all of the pain that I went through and having to really if I wanted to succeed, if I wanted to change my life, I had to start to deal with these insecurities. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a, it was bred out of a revenge for a little while of like, Mm -hmm. I want to show these people, (laughs) Um, you know, and really come back even hitting harder. But over time, that softened a lot more and really just helped me become more of a aligned person with being the kind of person I want to be and showing up as her and really allowing myself to take risks and move across the country and be independent and feel really secure in my judgment and the things that I choose for myself. And so working for other coaches, I had my own virtual assistant, but for seven years, I wanted to become a coach myself, knowing all of the different steps that I've taken to completely change my life and talking to women every day. I felt that I had this deep passion for making people feel like it's possible that they're able to become this best version of themselves. And that was the feedback I'd get for so many years and eventually decided to go down this confidence and mindset coaching um, side of things because it was the thing that has shifted so much in my life from all different areas. And for me, looking at confidence, it wasn't something that's an add-on, a nice-to-have in as a person or in my life, it's like an essential part of self-concept and being able to take that work and break it down and make it easy for women to attain themselves and really bridge that gap from where they are and where they're wanting to be and go after the things that they know they're meant for is really what drives me. I love that. That is such an inspiring story. And by the way, I totally resonate with the revenge of like, I'm going to come back twice as hard and show you guys what's up. Um, but I think your message is so important for women to really understand. And it's that like, 
everything is all about your self-concept. Your entire life, your entire reality is literally a reflection of the relationship you have with your inner self. And I think it's so amazing what you're doing of like helping women really get to the root of what's making you feel like you're not confident and how can we get you there? Because that is the first change that needs to happen to see like changes in your reality. So I love this. And something that I wanted to talk about with you today is um, self-concept like related to being so insecure that you feel the need to compare yourself to other people and you like find yourself dealing with a lot of jealousy. I know every woman has struggled with this feeling at least once in their life where they're just feeling so envious and they're in that like mode of just looking at everyone and being like, why can't that be me? Like, I want that to be me. Why can't I carry myself with that confidence? Why can't I create that life for myself? Why can't I be living my dream life? So I want to ask you like, what, how do you perceive jealousy in the concept, in the context, context, oh my gosh, I can't speak in the context of like self-concept and manifesting your dream life? I think jealousy is a normal thing that we need to become more comfortable with feeling because it's not something that we're able to completely shut off. And I find that so many of us are looking to always keep in the positive energy and which is important, of course, and high vibe, of course. But being able to feel those negative, quote unquote, feelings, I think is number one, so important because if you're avoiding the bad, you might be shutting away from some of the good feelings as well. Like there's some sort of numbing out and avoiding that we're doing that I don't think is ever helpful. I think that it does kind of become poisonous over time. Um, Maybe not one instance of, oh, you see a cool looking girl and her outfit's incredible and you're just like a little bit jealous of her appearance, but then she's a stranger on the road and it's, it's it's a quick second. But I think enough of those instances and even the deeper jealousy maybe your best friends falling in love and you're you know feeling so single and you're wishing that you can manifest a dream partner that can be really really vicious to our internal self and the relationships outside of ourselves so I think that jealousy the more we become comfortable with feeling it is like one important and two is part of human nature so we can't actually avoid it we can befriend it and we can use it to fuel our growth and learn so much about ourselves using that but to really think about jealousy differently is I think number one to understand it, understand how we are as humans and how we always are scanning for things that feel like a threat or feel like we're in that comparison game because it's a way for us as humans to feel like we're safe, right? We're comparing to make sure that, okay, everyone's doing X, Y, Z. Then if I'm doing the same thing, then I must be okay because they're all okay. It's a way of us Mm -hmm. kind of confirming that belief. Not that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it can fuel our growth, but it can, it's part of our human nature to ensure safety. And so to befriend those human nature feelings, um, Mm -hmm. I think we can really learn a lot about ourselves. And I find so many people, so many women I talk to get so caught up on like, not wanting to feel that way. And they're so focused on the shame and the guilt for feeling jealousy. I know for me, that was something that was a battle for a long time. Anytime I felt jealous, it was like kind of would turn me, it would send me into a spiral because I'm like, why do I feel that way? I shouldn't feel that way. I thought I healed all of this and it would totally start to mess with me. (laughs) 
And I see this come up for women I talk to. And I think that the number one thing is like really being able to identify that it's a normal feeling to feel um, and be able to create space to feel those feelings and not have so much shame and guilt wrapped up in that. Because when we have shame and guilt, it just continues to fuel a different story than maybe we're even intending. And so being able to just be aware of that, I think is already allowing us to grow and become deeper within our own selves and our own self-concept because we're allowing to feel something that might, you know, inherently be kind of like a negative feeling. It's important to feel those feelings and create a safe space to kind of sift through them and then release them ultimately. Um, So I think it can be used for a lot of personal growth. 100%. I'm so with you on all that. I think um, emphasis on how so many of us run away from how we're feeling because we feel like it's guilty. Well, we feel like it's shameful. It's wrong. We shouldn't be feeling that way. And I think like changing the narrative to your friends, your emotions are your friends and they're trying to communicate something to you. I think that's where the work actually starts. Because I will tell you, actually, I don't really talk about this often, but I'm feeling so called to share more about this aspect of myself and my life. And that's my shadow. And I catch myself doing this to, like all the time where I'm like, oh my God, I feel this way. I shouldn't feel this way. I judge it. I'm so critical of it. And I'm like, this shouldn't be here right now. But then what happens is the emotion itself gets repressed. And that is so bad for you. That is so bad for your body. It is so bad for your health on all levels. So it's really about just like being okay with the fact that you feel this way and just getting curious about what is this emotion trying to tell me? Like, what is it? What is the message that is being communicated to me with the way that I'm feeling right now? And I, I find that whenever I struggle with jealousy, which again is a completely normal, valid emotion, it's it's because like the message it's telling me is that the thing that you want, you see somebody else having it and it makes you feel like you can't have it. It like creates an even bigger like thorn of like, wow, I really want it. And somebody else has it, which means I like, I, it's almost um, poking me even more to make me feel like, yeah, you're never going to have this and this is never going to be yours and you're not good enough for it, but this person is. And so I think like even from a manifestation perspective, something that's helped me personally with um, transmuting that energy is recognizing that when you like everything is a law of attraction, right? Nothing is is a coincidence. You come across every single human being that you see, encounter, talk to for a very specific reason, and you've attracted them to some level into your reality. So what I started telling myself was when I see other people winning with what I want to experience, it is simply proof that I'm up next. That is all it is, is that like the universe is literally showing me evidence that, hey, somebody else has done this. That's proof that it's possible for you too. There's no limitations. And then the work starts of like, okay, well then what makes me feel like I can't have that though? Like what are the specific beliefs that make me feel like there's something standing in the way of me and being able to achieve this exact experience? And I think, again, it all goes back to the fact that it's normal to feel that way because it just shows that you are craving something, that you are desiring something that you're ready to experience. And I think this is something that I was telling you about earlier, right? Like everyone... And all the clients that I work with, they all come to me for different reasons, but everybody has one area of life that is most difficult to manifest in. It's what I call their Achilles heel, right? I mean, not what I didn't make that up, but that's just like the word for it of like when you have like a weak spot and it's because you want something, you want that part of your life. You have so much desire in that part of your life that it like, it's hard to detach and it's hard to feel like, okay, it is going to be for me and it's okay to like kind of release and not need to know exactly how it's going to come. But I, I totally agree. I think it's it really does start with validating and normalizing the fact that being jealous is okay. Like what is 
what is the message that this jealousy is trying to communicate to you and how can you sit with it and work through it? And that's actually my next question is like, how do you usually recommend people work through the, that shadow self, like that part of you that is in pain and in turmoil and trying to communicate something to you? Yeah, I think acknowledging that it's a mirroring moment first off is so important because I don't know that a lot of people are able to recognize that. So like normalizing it, then looking at it as that mirroring moment, I think is so huge in itself because it's looking at as an opportunity rather than with the victim mindset of see poor me, I'm never going to be able to get this. You know, they're they're always going to have what I desire, but I can't have that because that can send us into that victim mindset. So to even look at it as an opportunity for growth is huge. But then to really work on feeling all of that and then working through it, I think a really great exercise is the reflection. Now, some people do this in journaling. Some people do this in just some stillness, but I like to really sit with it and think about the interaction or the moment where that jealousy spiked. So was it, you know, in an interaction with some friends talking about money or relationships or going on vacation? Like, what was it? What was my reaction? Where did that jealousy sit in my body? I think is really huge. For some people, it's going to feel really heavy in the chest. Sometimes it's like in the stomach. Sometimes it's in the lower back. It's really interesting to hear where some of these feelings can sit in our body. Obviously, our body does literally keep score of different traumas. Um, big, like Gabby Bernstein says, big T or little T. And so to kind of have that embodiment, I think is really special. Mm -hmm. And then start to figure out what is the story. So what was the key topic? Where did, where, where was the edge that like, where was I sent off the edge? What kind of yeah. pushed me over? So was it the fact that, okay, they're in the really happy relationship, but now they're getting engaged <laughs> and maybe yeah. you've been trying to get engaged for, you know, 10 months and your partner's not budging, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to really figure out what that moment was, I think is very telling. It's a huge mirror moment. And then sitting with that and figuring out no longer about the interaction or about the person who has what you want, figuring out, okay, let's say we're, let's just go with the engagement example. I have no idea why this is coming up for me because yeah. <laughs> I'm not engaged, but it's top of mind. This is yeah. the example we're running with. So if you have, you know, a pen of paper, if you just want to sit and think into it, you know, what would it mean for me to be able to get engaged? Do I believe that I'm worthy of an engagement? What would this say about me and my status in society? Mm -hmm. How would I ultimately feel? And I think that starting to identify kind of that alignment of what we're truly wanting is going to help sift through whether we're feeling jealous because we think we should or we're actually deeply desiring that because I think also we're bombarded with so many messages through social constructs of what we think we should want. Um, so being, you know, in my late 20s, I find that marriage and babies and houses is the topic of discussion. And for my own self, I don't fall along the traditional ways of living, but a lot of my friends and people around me struggle with that. And so to really sift through if that's actually important to you, I think is so crucial because we might be thinking we're feeling jealousy, but it's actually maybe jealousy or maybe guilt, sorry, not jealousy, um, in different wrapping paper. And it's like guilt for wanting something completely different that maybe your family or religion or 
people around you wouldn't understand. And it helps you get closer into what that actual true desire is. Oh my God, 100%. I love, I think it's, I agree. It's so important to really clarify what is it that you are really desiring? And is there a reason to feel jealous or is it more of the guilt that's at play here? And um, the other question that I had for you with that is like, when someone identifies a limiting belief that makes them feel like they can't have what they want or that like other people qualify them, how do you usually like work them through the process of uh, like understanding it and then releasing it? Yeah, there's kind of two ways and not everyone's the same and what's going to resonate with them. And I think that it's important to talk about the couple different modalities. So for a lot, for everyone I talk to, I like to explain the logic around it because even though the logic doesn't always resonate and isn't the thing that like completely changes everything for you, to at least have the understanding can be really validating of like, oh, this is what this means and what this has been telling me. And even just understanding a bit of the psychology around the mind, I think for a lot of people is validating because then they feel there are certain things in their control and other things that are just part of you know, the human brain, which is so fun and cool and something that kind of I can nerd out on. So understanding that our brains are a sponge and literally what you tell the brain it believes and all of those cliche messaging is actually true. So to understand that, I think for a lot of people can help them that when they're able to recognize the limiting belief, what I really love to do is sift through and figure out the like why that is and basically ask the question like 10 times of like, why, why? why and keep going until you've gotten to that core memory or the like subconscious thing that's been sitting there of so for example like if it's a money block it could be when you were like five years old and you saw your parents fighting about money and so mm-hmm. from that point on you've struggled with scarcity mindset um but it's been you know showing up in ways that maybe isn't that exact thing but deeper down that's what it looks like mm-hmm. being able to pull from my own personal experience a lot of the things that i would struggle with would be something so different on the surface level and then deeper down it's like a whole other thing that i never thought that i was struggling with or maybe i wasn't ready to go there mm-hmm. but it was necessary to be able to overcome those beliefs. So being able to go through the journaling, the breath work, the embodiment of everything, like I said, figuring out where it sits in your body, I think is really powerful. Um, And being able to release that through breath work, affirmations, rewiring your brain to think differently through different habits and different rituals, I think Mm -hmm. is really crucial for anyone to start truly believing something different because a thought repeated enough becomes a belief. And Mm -hmm. so when you start to think that thought less and you start to replace it with other thoughts, it's kind of like hitting the unsubscribe button on your email list (laughs) and being able to subscribe to the ones that are really um, empowering and the ones that you want to be filling your inbox. And so giving people that kind of roadmap has been really really powerful because there's a couple modalities in where it hits and Mm -hmm it's so cool to see people be able to have that kind of light bulb moment where suddenly they can't go there anymore Mm -hmm. because it's just no longer attached to who they are. Yeah. They've like purged it from their ego. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I'll tell you, like, I kind of use a similar process with my clients. I do kind of like an, I use more of like the inner child approach. That's like my favorite thing. Oh my God. I love mm-hmm. a good cry with your inner child. That is like, that speaks to my soul. And I've been so called to share that lately, but, um, I usually ask the same question that you do of like, okay, why? But like specifically like pinpoint this limiting belief to your earliest childhood memory. And I think it's so interesting because so many people have that vivid memory, but they don't know what it is because they haven't allowed their subconscious to like show it to them and like really be able to perceive it. But it's like, if you think about one of your biggest limiting beliefs, like for example, I'm not worthy of being rich, like going back to the money example, or like, I'm not worthy of making a lot of money or being wealthy. It's like, okay, that's your belief. We get that. When now, where did that come from? Where did that originate? Let your subconscious mind show you. If you just close your eyes for a second and practice that, like that moment of mindfulness of just being present with yourself and letting your subconscious actually lead you and show you what the hell is going on. Like you will be so shocked as to what your brain will flash, what kind of visuals you're going to see. Like I remember with mine, I had a friend of mine, Tamara, she's a spiritual coach. Um, and she, um, walked me through this process where she was like, okay, so what is the visual that you're getting? And I was like, well, I see myself when I was in private Catholic school, when I was like, uh, really young. And I remember like my mom getting really frazzled over the, the tuition payment like that, w- that just created a sense of unease in my body. And that stuck with me. So it's like, okay, now that we know where it came from and we know what, even what age you were at when that was the most intense for you, like the moment where that limiting belief was really birthed. It's like now what you can do is you can allow yourself to fully feel the emotion of that experience, like sit with it. And it's like you felt afraid. That's okay. Let the fear, literally feel the fear in your body. Let it come out because this is the part I was talking about earlier, right? Like any any negative emotions or low vibrational emotions that are not expressed, they get stored in your body as a literal trauma. Like you said, body keeps the score, right? So it's about really allowing yourself to purge on that feeling and sit with it, sit with the discomfort, like it's okay. But then also it's like, now you are able to revisit that child self as your adult self with like a very, like a really simple visualization and like comfort them. Like, what would you tell them now as an adult, now that you know better, now that you know that your, like you said, subconscious mind is malleable, right? It can, it will believe anything that you tell it over and over. What are the beliefs that you want to teach to your younger self, to your inner child? And like with the approach to money, right? Like it's okay. Money is everywhere. Money is abundant. You are worthy of being wealthy. Everything will work out. It's all okay. And like, Mm. as you kind of revisit, that's where I feel like the most work happens because you're fully releasing all of that old stuff from the ego and you're replacing it with something that is actually more empowering for you. And that's where the reprogramming really happens. It's like, once you can really revisit and feel the emotional experience and then validate the emotional experience, but then give your inner child something else to feel and believe and keep reprogramming that, like that's where the real shift happens because you finally explored all the things that your body has been holding onto for all this time. And now you can finally purge and release. And this is a question I have mm-hmm. for you as well is like, when you are having them really purge and release, cause I know you said there's a few modalities that you like to use. What is, what is your go-to when you're helping people like release all of that old stagnant energy after they've like uncovered it and they know what it is? What are the rituals that you recommend people do for that? I think breath work and movement is key. Um, I think with our brains, the women that I'm speaking with who are struggling with these limiting beliefs, they feel at war with their minds and that it's affecting their bodies, it's affecting their souls. And I find through breath work and movement is when you are literally like moving around that stagnant energy. And it's so crazy, even for my own self, when I think about the rituals I do and the 
all the crazy, you know, the cold plunging, the sauna, all of that. When I'm going through like a massive limiting belief shedding, I find that it like when you're in like the cold plunge, for example, when your body starts to shake, it's literally like getting rid of all of that. Um, But without the cold plunge in my own coaching and with my own clients, I really I think breath works huge because it's literally calming your nervous system down to tell your nervous system that it's safe. And I think one thing people miss sometimes when it comes to reprogramming your mind and overcoming limiting beliefs is the fact that if your nervous system is in fight, flight, or fawn, you actually can't rewrite any of those things because your brain isn't able to be kind of it's it's on like a high alert. Yeah, it's receptive is the better word. It's on high alert. It's there to keep you safe and it's really working overtime mm-hmm. because you're in fight or flight. So to become become receptive to this work. I think nervous system regulation is so key. And so I find with breath work, not only are you you regulating the nervous system so that it's safe to do all of this work, but you're also moving out the stagnant energy. And so many of us, you know, we're walking around with like that same, that, that kind of inhale where we're so anxious and it's really not allowing, you know, from like a physiological state oxygen to circulate and we're not breathing effectively that's why babies are in such a different realm because that you see the way that they breathe um Mm -hmm. adults are very different so when we're starting to actually get connected with our breath we're able to not only like i said regulate the nervous system but be able to be receptive and be able to essentially have that clear mind where you're not necessarily shutting off the thoughts but you're practicing some mindfulness and stillness through being able to focus on your breath. Mm -hmm. So I find that that is like really crucial because being able to essentially take that moment and like visualize Mm -hmm. what life looks like without this limiting belief and breathing into it, Mm -hmm. it's telling your nervous system that you're safe. So you're reprogramming your mind to essentially rewrite, really not believe because you're whatever you tell it, it believes, but you're really like feeling into the feeling that that is already you. And therefore anything else outside of that is almost associated with pain and your body doesn't want to go there anymore. Yes. Oh my God. Such an amazing point. Um, and I didn't even think about that. Like when you are in that flight or fight or flight mode, like you really can't, um, implement new ideas and new beliefs because your brain is preoccupied with trying to protect you. So it's like when you're in that state of arousal, it's really just about giving yourself a space, safe space to just calm down and regulate and just chill out. It's okay. Like teaching your nervous system that we're not in any danger right now. I know it's a perceived threat, but we're actually okay. And this is something I always used to ask myself after I read The Power of Now. I don't know. Have you ever read that book? Yeah, it's that amazing. That shit changed my whole life. It was insane. But um, the question that they post in that book that I always find myself asking myself every time I'm in that state of arousal is like, um, let me look around at my physical surroundings right now. Is there actually a threat? Is there anything mm. wrong? Is there anything that is like threatening my life or my safety? No. Okay. Then I know that it was created in my brain. My brain is creating this threat that is not real. It's not based in reality. It's literally an illusion and that it's okay to just sit down and be okay with what's happening right now. Like just giving yourself that safe space. And this is something else I do with my clients personally. I've talked about this on the pod before, but like I have them look at their moon sign within their astrology birth chart. 
because your moon sign speaks to your emotional needs, your instincts, like what you need to feel safe and comfortable and regulated. And um, I actually tailor the advice I give them when they're learning how to regulate their nervous system just based on their moon sign. Because for example, I know you're a Scorpio moon, I'm a Taurus moon, but like I get clients, a lot of clients who are fire moons, which means moon sign and Aries, Leo or Sagittarius. And I've noticed that when I ask them to do like the something really calming and really chilled and really just like just hang out with yourself it doesn't work for them as much because as fire fire moons like they need um high energy high impact they need to like do something that allows them to really like express that energy to purge it rather than just try to like calm themselves down because they're very passionate people they have a lot of like excitable energy around them and within them so it's like when i have an aries leo or sag moon i'm like okay if you need to purge on something, I want you to go and either scream into your pillow, rage scream in the car if you need to, play like a really loud song and just like like belt it at the top of your lungs, go for a run, like an exercise where you can literally just sprint and physically express that energy. But then if you're a water sign like us, right, Scorpio, water, uh, Scorpio, Pisces, Cancer, moons, we need something that allows us to connect with our emotions, like journaling, that breath work, something like slow, very deeply felt and very like intuitive that tends to do really well with water moons. Like for, um, I'm sorry, I said I was a water moon. I'm not, I'm an earth moon, but you are a water moon. And specifically, specifically for Scorpio moons, I always say like, do something where you get to be in the privacy of your own little bubble. Like there's nobody watching you. There's nobody in your space. There's nobody like, you know, like, with you in that vulnerable moment, like you get to just be alone and do something that allows you to dive deep into the depths of your psyche and release in whatever way feels the most safe and sacred to you. And then for the earth signs like Taurus, Virgo and Capricorn moons, it's about doing something that allows you to connect with your surroundings, like the, the earthly realm. Like I, for me as a Taurus moon, Oh my God, when I'm feeling very dysregulated and like all over the place, I'm like, I need to take my ass to the park and go touch some grass. Like that's what we need to do right now. That's the only thing that's going to calm me down. I need to be next to a tree absorbing the vibes of the tree because that's literally what helps me feel calm and nerve, uh, like safe when my nervous system is really aroused. So I think that's also a really big part of it is understanding your individual needs as a person, because what works for you or what works for somebody else may not work for you. It depends on your energetic makeup. So it's like, when you know that now, you know how you can approach this process in a way to make your nervous system feel safe and regulated. And then, like you said, following up with like, okay, how do we want to feel? And how would that feel in our bodies? Like, for example, mm -hmm. going back to the fire moon example, I was, t I always tell them like, once you've purged and you've released and you're ready to like bring on some new energy for fire signs, it's all about something that makes you feel bold and confident. So I'll be like, you need to take your ass to the store, go get yourself a beautiful outfit that your highest self that you picture your highest self wearing and dance in front of the mirror or put on a really cute workout set and go for like a nice run where you feel really confident, really like in your body with it. So it's like all of that, like it just goes to show you there's so many different ways that you can regulate yourself and really like give yourself a new way to think and believe and like a new set of beliefs to subscribe to. And it doesn't have to be that like complicated or that far away. Like, and that's actually my next question for you is what do you usually notice when people start like regulating their nervous systems and learning how to process their emotions and like subscribe to a new belief, like how, what shifts do you see in their behavior and their energy and like how they're doing? Oh my God. The number one that comes up to mind when you ask that question is like they shed all of the numbing mm -hmm. that they typically do and people numb in different ways, right? So a lot of my clients that I've worked with have the desire to drink class, um, to do 
parting last I find um, because oftentimes a lot of people who are like partaking in like overindulgence is numbing out from something Um, less overeating or binge eating Mm. less you know take like there's a lot of people who yeah there's a lot of people who try to make themselves so busy so that they don't have that time for themselves to feel what they need to feel that's Mm. another way of being avoidant Um, so there's all these different things so I find that when they are able to start to shift they suddenly like don't want to do the things that they typically would rely on and then it creates sometimes like a little confusion of like what the hell do I do with myself because the old version of them would turn to the bottle would turn to all of their friends they would turn to shopping they would turn to feeling you know that quick hit of dopamine whatever it is and suddenly they don't need that anymore but they don't know necessarily then what they need because it's kind of this new arena they've stepped into which I'm always like congratulations like you're in the level up you're now in the new level of Mario Kart where you don't know the map you don't know (laughs) you know the enemies that are coming to attack you and that's a really cool space to be in I also find that their energy is always lighter. It's always more vibrant. It's so much more magnetic. I find that when I go through the process myself, the in my personal like self-development journey, one thing that I saw shifted me a lot was I'd be walking down the street and I would have people telling me like how beautiful I am and how mm-hmm. like I'd have guys ask me out to go get coffee while I'm just like on like a walk with like no makeup hair in a messy bun like not necessarily feeling what would be typically my most like attractive appearance <laughs> and not that like I feel like there's anything wrong with that it's just there was in this moment it, it really shocked me at the time because I always thought that I needed to look a certain way to have those interactions and it it started to happen more frequently where people were just like flocking to me on the street mm. and I couldn't figure out why and it was because my energy was so much higher that the mm. way that I carried myself you know I'm walking around just with like my head held high chest up you know with a smile like looking more pleasant looking like I'm having a good time because I'm genuinely am and so a lot of my clients experience the same thing because they're not you can see the difference. If you live in a, especially like a downtown area, I live in downtown Mm -hmm. Toronto, you can just people watch for five minutes and see who's having a good day and who's maybe not, right? You can see it in their body language of the shoulders are rounded, they're Mm -hmm. stomping like really fast and they have a a face on and you can tell you just don't want to mess with them, right? You don't want to get too close to them because whatever they're going through, they're not having a day. And I used to run around like that as a like unconsciously I lived in so much anxiety and pain that my energy was always very frantic and chaotic and anxious but I wanted to feel differently I just didn't know how and so being able to really see myself and others shift into that new way of being is honestly such a beautiful transformation so life-changing and it allows them for like them to feel so differently about all of the areas of their life. So now they're like less stressed about, let's say, money. They're not mm-hmm. having as much conflict in their relationships and friendships because they're approaching them differently. They're not getting mm-hmm. all riled up on the nitpicking of you said this and you did this. Like it's so much more aligned. It's just there's so much more ease. There's so much more flow. And they don't care about what people think of them anymore because. I mean, through most of the limiting beliefs, there's something external typically that's driving that. And so when you start to overcome that, 
you just give less of an F. Like you just don't care as much. You don't care about what people are saying about you. You don't care about what you wear. You just wear what makes you feel good and prioritize your energy. And you literally carry yourself differently, not only in your posture, but throughout every situation you show up in a completely different way. Such a refreshing feeling that is to be able to emerge as your new self with new patterns and new habits and new reactions to things. And you described it so perfectly. It's like once you let go of all of the old habits that you used to do every time you were triggered, like the escapism, right? Like numbing it with drinking and partying and overstimulation, right? Like binge eating and all that stuff. Like once you learn how to cope in a way that's healthy for you, that's literally a new version of you. Like you've unlocked a new version of you because you have let go of old things that no longer align and no longer resonate. And you've stepped into this new territory. And I totally hear you because I felt like this. I've had clients that feel like this where it's like, okay, what now? Like, I don't even know what to do with myself with all this new time and like fresh energy that I have. So I think that's where the beauty actually starts is being able to discover the new version of you that's not held down by all this like heaviness and all this like dark energy and really exploring what that looks like for you. But, um, And I also, I've seen this in my clients too, that lightness that you're talking about where it's like suddenly they don't walk around with the same dark, like stressed aura of like, you know, like you said, the the shoulders are down, the facial expression is a little bit like tight. Um, And you can just see that like, that's what it looks like, you guys, when you are carrying energy in your body that is not expressed, like low vibrational emotions that are not expressed, that's what happens is they manifest in your demeanor and you hold yourself with all of this like, you know, the dark feelings of like envy and just like stress and irritation and discontent and dissatisfaction, like that shows up in your, in the way that you're carrying yourself when you don't give yourself the space to like express and release it. Um, and I totally agree as well of like the, it, you become very magnetic and this is actually, it's so funny that you mentioned this because I just posted a TikTok the other day, um, as part of my series of how to be your like hottest, most confident magnetic self. And one of the tips that I gave, like, if you want people to flock to you, like if you want to be in that magnetic energy, one of them is having a lighthearted demeanor, like having a demeanor where you look and feel like you are happy with yourself. You're ha- like, you've accepted your life and yourself for who you are and what everything looks like right now. And like, you're not being held down by something like, for example, when you're going to the grocery store, right, you have your cashier, you're checking out and, you know, paying for stuff. Like there's a difference between being like, okay, like, thanks, bye. And being like, thank you so much. Like, I appreciate that. You know, like there's a freshness, a pureness to that energy that people just can't resist because that's what makes you so magnetic. Like people want to be around that positive energy. Um, and you were talking about how people like would approach you and stuff and how you would notice that like the looks that you get from people, and the compliments you get from people are just different. I actually when- have the best story of recently. Yeah. You know, those border patrol agents at the yeah. at the yep. airport, they're like intense, right? I always yeah. get kind of anx- anxious, like going up to them, even though I've never done anything wrong. I'm not doing yeah. any illegal shit. I'm just, I feel intense going up to them because they always kind of ask you a thousand questions that you're never prepared for. And it's just always a wild interaction, I find. So I was traveling to LA just last month and I um, was flying out of Toronto Pearson. So I would be going obviously to the U like across US borders. So Mm -hmm. I'm waiting to do, you know, the interaction and I'm seeing that there's all these different agents and everyone's going a lot quicker than this one guy. And of course the agent that I get is this one guy and I can tell he's a very serious demeanor and he's been keeping everybody for like at least a couple minutes longer than everyone else in the lineup. And I'm kind of thinking, oh, here we go. Right. And 
that was my bad because I misjudged the entire scenario. And luckily I didn't allow this pre preconceived judgment to affect my energy because he was asking me, you know, what are you doing? Where are you going? All of these questions. And I said that I'm going to LA. I'm going to see a friend. And they said, how did you meet this friend? And I said, you know, it's actually a funny story. I met her when I was last in LA. I was at the Grove. I saw this girl in a really cute pink outfit and she had a little dog and I didn't know where to park this bike that I got from my hotel. I had biked down to the Grove and I randomly asked her where the parking is for the bikes and we got talking about what it's like to her to live in LA and all these things and we became best friends and now I'm going to visit her. I don't know why I felt compelled to tell this long story to this border agent, but he sat there in awe and he said, you just attract the coolest people into your life, don't you? And I said, I really do. And he said, yeah, I can tell you have an amazing energy. Have the best time. And handed me my passport and I was on my way. (laughs) Wow. Like, that's the thing. Like, people notice. Like, people see that. And it's... I love that because that's also something else I was going to mention is that when you change your energetic output, like you change the type of people that you attract. So I I love that for you. I love that you have been able to like see the impact of that like energetic disposition. Um, And it's also so fascinating. The border patrol people are always, or like the airport people are always so like serious and stern and it's like, oh, that's kind of nervous. Oh yeah. He was cracking smiles. He like had that kind of just like that face, like, wow. And I I literally was so shook by it because I just felt so good and uplifted after that interaction where normally I would leave and just be like, why the hell are they asking me all these questions? And, you know, I get all uptight and kind of wound up sometimes. I remember like a couple different instances where they've asked me questions that just felt so left field and unnecessary. I mean, I know they're doing their job, but you know, there has been scenarios of me allowing it to impact that energy and, you know, create a story around it of, oh, they're trying to catch me into something or whatever. (laughs) When I take care of my energy and I nurture my garden, I don't care about like anything else that's happening over there because I'm just nurturing and tending to my garden. And so I find that you're just like not only more pleasant to be around, but you're less reactive with some of those things of going to the DMV, going through airport security, like all these things that are normally kind of annoying interactions for us humans and the day-to-day adulting it's just being able to control like how can I make this more pleasurable for me and be able to influence the energy of the room I think that's a huge huge blessing to have 100% and that, that actually reminded me of something that I wanted to bring up as well because all of this is so on point but like your level of reactivity to your environment is a direct reflection of your inner world and how you're doing. And it's like exactly like you were talking about, right? Where it's like, if you can go about your everyday life and like not really get triggered by much, like you're like, yeah, I'm tending to my garden. Like I feel so good. Like you're in a great place, like energetically, you know, you're in a good place. But then if you find yourself being very reactive to a lot of things that are happening in your environment, for example, if you are scrolling through your TikTok for you page or Instagram and you come across stuff that makes you feel really triggered, there's something there that needs to be explored. If you're walking around and you see this girl who's wearing a bomb ass outfit, she looks amazing and you feel triggered, that's something to explore. So it's like monitor your level of reactivity to your environment. And if you're feeling really triggered by a lot, your nervous system is trying to bring something to your attention. Like it's trying to be like, Hey, we got, we got shit to sort out. Like this is, Mm -hmm. this is kind of a lot right now. Um, 
And I've also, again, like I've noticed the same thing in myself of when I am feeling really light and really just like happy and I'm tending to my garden. Like you said, I love, I'm going to start using that. I love that. I'm tending to my garden right now. Um, like it just feels different. And it's like, nothing can bring you down because you're like, I've accepted my present moment. I've accepted who I am. I've accepted what's happening for me. Um, I believe that everything is working in my favor. And like that translates in your disposition and your demeanor and all that good stuff. And it's also, this is something else I kind of want to close out with is hot girl is an energy. It's not a look. This is something I always talk about when I'm teaching my clients how to show up with more confidence. I'm like, listen, babe, you're telling yourself that, okay, I can be confident once I look like a Victoria's Secret model, or I can be confident when I look like this and that. But it's like, it's never the actual physical appearance that makes somebody magnetic and very attractive. It's the energy that they carry themselves with. And when you are a being that has a lot of inner peace and has a lot of confidence and trust in yourself and in your life, that is the hottest type of energy that you could exude. Like there's nothing more attractive to the rest of the world. And it feels better for you, right? Like you feel good about yourself. You look good. You, like the energy is just amazing. Like all around, that's a win. So it's like, if you're trying to focus on feeling more confident, like focus on developing inner peace first, because that's what translates to hot girl energy, not okay, I'm going to get this procedure done and I'm going to get, I'm going to look like this. It's like the physical is only half the equation. It's about the energy. Like think about like plus size models, for example, right there. I'm sure there was a time where people were like that, that could never happen. Like models have to be this mm -hmm. weight class and whatever. But it's like when somebody has confidence, they immediately become beautiful and magnetic. Like that is like, that's what, when they say like you're um, like, this is actually, this is something else I wanted to bring up too, of when you were talking about how you can see on people's faces so clearly what their energy is like and how they're feeling and how they're doing like pay attention to how you look when you're walking down the street like when you're preoccupied with your thoughts and you're preoccupied with all of these like how, how what kind of energy are you putting out with your body language and your face because that's also another indicator of where you're at when it comes to your inner peace yeah i wear my emotions on my face so easily if i'm annoyed yeah. you'll know if i'm <laughs> If I'm happy, you'll know. Like, it, yeah. there's never – I've never been good at masking that. And there's pros and cons to that, of course. But I think that the biggest thing when it comes to exuding that energy is really being willing to know that, like, maybe you don't have all the answers and just what feels the best. Like, does this energy feel good? Does it feel good to feel, like – you know, I hate everyone. Everyone's so annoying. Oh my God, I'm so tired. Oh my God, I need a coffee. Why is everything so expensive? Like you're going through the whole spiral when you're like walking down the street and you're just taking on everyone's energy and not only your own, but everyone else's. And so I think really being able to like be conscious of that and just there's psychology around smiling. And even though I don't want to tell women to smile, let's make this very crystal clear of like, just smile more. No, no, no. It's all about like the attractiveness of that. Yeah. It's the fact that like when we smile, we're, our, our mood is instantly lifted. Um, Mel Robbins also, she, her, she has a book called The Five High, The High Five Habit. That's mm -hmm. really great. And it's essentially the fact that we have like a positive reinforcement of a high five with team mm -hmm. members and like people around us. So when we high five ourselves in the mirror every single morning, we're already telling ourselves that like, you've got this, you could do this, that kind of energy. And so 
being able to really be conscious of how you're speaking to yourself is going to wear on your face Mm -hmm. and being able to really almost like think about it out loud. Just like you said, with the inner child work, if you're talking to your best friend in the way that your internal dialogue is currently talking to you, like, would you be friends with her? Because probably not. We're our own worst enemies. And Mm -hmm. the way to be confident is if you think of the girls that are gassing you up when you're taking photos, if you have those really good friends and you're like, yes, you look so good, you know, whatever. And they're like totally hyping you up. That is what you need to be doing for yourself. And the minute you start to shift your energy, you're not only going to feel hot and incredible, but everyone around you is going to feel that same energy. And you're more likely to then hype up the people around you. And there's literally a domino effect. Oh my God. I love that. That's actually so crazy that you bring that up because, um, that's actually a way that I explain it to my clients as well Is like the way that you talk to yourself, would you talk to your best friend that way? Like your best friend that you're obsessed with that you're like, nobody better disrupt her peace. Like, or I'm going to come for you. Like, do you talk to yourself in the same way or, or are you mean to yourself? Mm-hmm. And I think like, um, and I also love that you brought up the, um, smiling piece, like not to sound like, okay, toxic positivity, like just smile and everything will be fine. But it's like, no, like when you physically smile, it releases the same chemicals in your brain as a real smile would. There's really no difference chemically between a fake and a real smile. And I've actually practiced this myself. And I, I forgot about I need to start practicing this again because I totally forgot about it. So thanks for bringing that up. But um, sometimes it's just as simple as like literally smiling. Like sometimes your body just needs the the reminder of like happiness is literally one small step away. It's literally a conscious choice. It's a thought. It's like, it's always right there for you to experience if you just allow it. So sometimes it's just about breaking a smile a little bit and and feeling the energy of that and letting that kind of snap you out of your funk if you're in one. Um, and something else I wanted to mention as well, you were talking about how your dialogue, like how do your thoughts make you feel? Like how does each individual thought that you think pay attention to how it feels? I was reading this book. Um, I'm obsessed with the Abraham Hicks series. I don't know if you've ever read the, yes, like asking it is given. Um, like how to manifest your desires. And in the most recent one that I read, it was um, talking about how you have this internal GPS that at all times is telling you whether you are thinking and being in or out of alignment. And it's just as simple. And this is the thing is we overcomplicate it. So how do we know if it's right? How do we know if it's wrong? Like I teach this to my clients all the time. Listen to how your body feels when you think this thought. If the thought itself triggers a negative emotion, by default, categorically, immediately, it is out of alignment. It's not based in truth. It's not based in reality. It is literally an illusion that your logical mind has come up with to make you feel like there's a threat or there's danger around. So it's like, really ask yourself, the thought that you think when you look at a girl who's living your dream life and you feel jealous about it, you know, actually put a name to the thought. Well, I'm annoyed that I like, or I will never have what I want. Like I see this and it makes me feel like I'll never have what I want. Well, how does that thought make you feel in your body? Probably feels like shit, right? Doesn't feel fun. Well, that is an indicator very, very simply that that thought itself is out of alignment, not based in reality. It's an illusion immediately, like by default. So yeah, like we talked about getting curious about it is important, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's also about recognizing that the thought is not aligned. It's not, it's not real. It's literally just my brain doing this to me. And it's like, And this is the other thing that I always tell them to do. It's like when you have that thought that makes you feel like shit, try to find a thought that makes you feel relief or makes you feel Mm -hmm. good or inspired or higher vibrational. So like, for example, going back to your engagement, like example, right? Like you see a girl who is getting engaged. You know, this is something that you really want with your partner. You've been together for a while, but he hasn't popped the question. When you think to yourself, okay, I see that engagement and it makes me feel like, like this will never happen for me. 
when you in your body, that probably does not feel very good, right? Well, okay, how can we reframe that thought and choose a thought that makes us feel more relief? For example, mm. and this is where like you can scroll through an affirmation app to find the the belief or the thought that would make you feel better that sits right with your internal GPS. And it could be something as simple as like, I trust in the divine timing of my life. I trust that everything that I want will come to me and it will all unfold at the perfect time. Like notice the difference between how your body feels when you think that thought versus the original. Like you always at every moment in time have a sign, have an indicator that's telling you whether or not your dialogue is in or out of alignment. So I think that is so important to pay attention to. And Courtney, I want to thank you so much for this amazing episode and all of your insights. You are brilliant. And I just know everyone who is listening to this is going to get so much value and insight from it. Um, We do usually have a limitless challenge of the week. So this is a a challenge that we give to listeners to really integrate what they've learned in the episode. As a confidence coach, what do you think our limitless challenge of the week should be based on this episode's content? Ooh, I want to challenge listeners Mm -hmm. to write down, take like a, let's say three days to audit all of the negative beliefs that come up. Mm -hmm. And literally write them down. Keep a note in your phone and don't do anything with them just for three days. Observe. And then for the following three days, when you catch yourself, um, take an action that's going to feel much more aligned. So maybe it's just taking a moment and looking in the mirror and taking a deep breath and reframing that belief to being like a positive affirmation. So if it's, you know, I am not pretty enough. Now we're going to rewrite that. You're going to look in the mirror and you're going to go, I am beautiful as I am without any makeup, without all the whatever things. You can make it and fine-tune as you need. Um, Being able to, I think, really identify it and then flip it, it starts to give your brain different things to focus on. Our reticular activating system in our brain is like a filter. And so when we start to add new filters, it almost creates a new lens that we can operate from. And then you'll actually have the physical um, lines in your phone so that you can look at those positive affirmations and then use those to go off of from from that point on so within a few days observe the next three days take the positive affirmations and reframe and then use those affirmations as daily ones to put into your breath work or while you're working out whenever you're trying to do to keep your elevated state um start to go through those affirmations and like really feel into what it would feel to have that kind of life Oh, I love it. I think that's such an amazing challenge. It's got actionable steps. They have like a, a solid plan. And I think um, just to add on to that, when you are implementing those affirmations in your daily routine, what I recommend doing is writing them down on post-it notes, like one affirmation per post-it note and stick it everywhere. You're going to see it often, like your bathroom mirror, your nightstand, maybe your car dashboard, like anywhere you spend a lot of time, stick them there. And then they'll be there for your subconscious to absorb and reprogram with time. Um, And the other thing is I haven't officially made this announcement yet. This is kind of a pre-launch thing, but um, the 1111 affirmation app is now on the app store. So if you guys want to download that, I will include the link below so that you can use that for your affirmation needs. There are over 25 categories. And just also a word of advice, when you're choosing that affirmation, use your internal GPS system. When you read the affirmation, you'll know it's the right one to include on your list when it makes you feel relief or inspiration or something higher vibrational than what your limiting beliefs make you feel. So with that, um, I also want to ask you, Courtney, how can our audience get in touch with you on your socials or wherever you are active? 
Yeah, I'm active on Instagram and TikTok primarily. It's at the not so average betch um, on both platforms. I also have a podcast that runs every Wednesday. It's also called the Not So Average Podcast with Courtney Croucher. Um, so you can find me there. That's where all I share my entire life and all the tips and tricks. And I have guests on as well. Nadia's coming as well. So please keep stay tuned for that episode. And yeah, Instagram, TikTok, um, and then my podcasts are probably the main places to to find me. And if you ever want to reach out, Courtney at the not so average.com is my email. Amazing. I will include all of those links for you guys in the description, her Instagram, her TikTok, and the link to her podcast so that you can follow her and keep up with all of her amazing content. Again, Courtney, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on today's episode. It has been so insightful and I've really enjoyed this conversation and we will see you guys during next week's episode. Have a great week, you guys. Thank you. 